Learning the first Siche on Parshas Mishpatim in Chelek Chafalef on page 125. Shir today is being learned to Lenishmas Rabbi Yosef Ben Yamin Ben Rabbi Menashe Kultman. This is a Siche on the Rashi, this week's Parsha, Kisira Chamar Senacha, with a lengthy explanation according to Pshutishal Mikra, explaining what the Pasik means according to Rashi. And then also the Rebbe will explain, according to the famous title of the Balshemtiv, Chamar Senacha, refers to the Yid and his Aveda with his Nefesh Bahamas, what we can learn out from this Rashi in a Yid's Aveda. So the Pasik here says, if one sees the donkey of his enemy that's lying beneath its load, would you hold back, would you refrain from helping him? Go ahead and help him. So the Mechilta explains what this Pasik is saying here. Because simply you read the Pasik, it says, which translates as, refrain from helping him. And then it says, go ahead and help him. So the Mechilta says, there are times that you may refrain from helping, and there are times that you should help. And the Mechilta brings two examples when one may refrain from helping. Aleph, the first is, so it mentions there, and the Rebbe first brings this in parentheses, because this is the case when you do have to help. If the donkey belongs to a Yid, and the load belongs to a guy, then you're obligated to help. But in a case where it's if the donkey belongs to a guy, only the load belongs to a Yid, then you may refrain from helping. And Beis, the second example is, if this happens in a cemetery between graves, you do not have to become Tomei. And what does this refer to? This animal is between uh, graves and a cemetery. So a Kayin that may not become Tomei in a cemetery is not allowed to become Tomei for this purpose, for this mitzvah. That's what it says in the Mechilta. Rashi over here in this Pasik also brings the drosh of the Mechilta. After Rashi explains the simple meaning of the Pasik. What's the simple meaning of the Pasik? As the Pisraim from Pasik is, the way to read the Pasik simply would be as follows. Perhaps you will see the donkey of your friend that or your enemy that is lying beneath its load, would you refrain from helping him? It's read as a wonder. Rather go ahead and help him. That's what Rashi understands this Pasik. In other words, when it says in the beginning of the Pasik, the key means perhaps this will happen, that you'll see this donkey lying beneath its load and you'll think to yourself that I don't want to help him. On that the Pasik says, go ahead and help him. On bring the Rashi brings an example where we find Torah speaking this way from Pasik. You may say to yourself in your heart, that these nations are very powerful, too strong for me. So the Torah says, no, they're not more powerful than you. Do not be afraid from them. Here as well, when the Torah says, it's saying you may think in your heart that you don't want to help. Rather, so that's the simple way to read this pasuk. Is Rashi Mamshech then Rashi continues and brings the Mechilta. This is the way that our, our wise Adarabim, or the Rabbi Seinu rather, they um, expounded the Posik, Kisire Vechadalto, when the Posik says, You may see and you could refrain. What that means is, There are times that you may refrain and there are times that you have to help. And Rashi gives two examples for this. One example is when it's an older person or a distinguished individual, and it's not, it's beneath his dignity to go and help. So you may refrain of helping. Or the animal is a, a belonging to a guy, and the load belongs to a yid. In such a case, you also don't have to help. Those are the two examples Rashi brings. What we need to understand over here is why Rashi changes from the way this is in the Mechilte. Instead of bringing the example that it says in the Mechilte, 
that we're speaking about a case where the animal is in a cemetery and this is a kayan that may not enter. Rashi brings a different example. And it's not according to his dignity to go and help. Now the Rebbe brings, where do we find this example that Rashi is actually saying? It's quoted in the Sifri and in the Gemara as well. It's brought on a different Pasik. The Pasik where it says regarding a lost object, don't see the ox of your friend straying and going away and being lost. You'll ignore this. So there the Pasik also uses a similar term, would you ignore this? And then it says, So there the Gemara says, There is a situation where you may ignore it. And that is a kain and this acts straight into a cemetery. And then it brings the example that Ashi brings here, the zakin, and it's not a, on the level of his dignity to go and deal with this. So in these both both of these cases will be exempt of going and returning this lost object. So Rashi here brings this example of the Sifri and the Gemara of Zakin and Elufikhvaid. Is Tamua, but this only raises the question of even stronger. Halamai is Rashi Mashmid Bipirushai, the Dugme Koyin Vahoy Besakvores was Vert Gebracht in Mechilte al Asar. Why would Rashi omit the explanation or the example that's brought in the Mechilte right here, the, the Koyin which is Ben Akvores, or the animal is Ben Akvores, and the Koyin may not enter Ben Akvores? And instead Rashi brings the case of the Zakim Venel of Yichvaydeh was Chazal Zagim God of Atzveitin Pasek which is quoted in a different Pasek regarding an Aveda. Besides this, comparing what Rashi says to the source, the way it's in the Mechilte. So the question is, Aleph number one, in Mechilte, Komt Chamer Shal Goy Umasoy Shal Yisrael. This example that the donkey belongs to a guy. And the load belongs to a yid als the erstefal. That's the first example the mechilte brings. Abrashi is mishana umbrengtes als the zweite dugme. Rashi brings this only as the second example. Why does Rashi switch the order? Beis. Another question is pavosok Rashi al derech vi mechilte oich dem upaamim shaata oizer. Why does Rashi mention also the fact that there are times that you should be helping? In Rashi, it doesn't really fit in here, and the Rebbe explains why. In the Mechilte, mentioning that sometimes you refrain, but also mentioning that sometimes you must help, it's, it fits with the continuation of what the Mechilte says. Because the Mechilte brings both examples the ap- that are opposites. Who does the donkey belong to? And who does the load belong to? Whether it's Chamer Shal Yisrael and Masoy Shal Goy, when the Chamer is of a Yid and the Masa is of a Goy, or Chamer Shal Goy and Masoy Shal Yisrael, or the reverse, that the Chamer belongs to a Goy and the Masa is of a Yisrael. The Fa'ar is Pa'amim Chulu and Pa'amim Shatayzev. In one case you have to help, and in one case you can refrain. So therefore it's understood why the Mechilte brings both of these expressions. Rashi only comes to explain the term of the Pasik Vachadalta that you refrain from helping, and he only brings the example of the behemoth belonging to a guy that you refrain from helping. So why, what, what room is there for Rashi to mention here this idea that sometimes you may help? that is. Since Rashi is not even mentioning this at all in his pshat here on this part of the Pasik that he's speaking about. And now if you would say, as, as, as uh, Rashi means, Rashi is just mentioning that in general, the, usually the mitzvah is to help with this animal that's lying beneath its package. As the Pasik says, So that Rashi doesn't have to mention. The Pasik clearly says afterwards, that you should go ahead and help. And additionally, how would Rashi say that sometimes you must help? Seemingly, you always have to help. There's an exclusion, there's a certain exception that in certain situations you don't have to help. But how could Rashi equally say sometimes you have to help and sometimes you don't have to help? So that's the question when we compare what Rashi says to the Mechilte, this is really the basis of all the questions that the Rebbe is asking here, that Rashi switches from the Mechilte, brings a different example not mentioned here in the Mechilte, switches the order, and uh, 
Rashi mentions pa'amim. Sometimes you do have to help. Sometimes you don't have to help. What does this all mean? Okay, so now the Rebbe will first try to answer this question that uh, Rashi brings over here, this example of the case of Zakin Ven and does not bring the example of Koyin, then the case where the animal was Ben Akvaris. The time was Rashi bringing it and fell from the Chilta Hoya Ben Akvaris. Why Rashi doesn't bring this example where the animal was in a cemetery? Seemingly, we could answer as follows. The reason why a Kayin may not cause himself to be Tomei in order to fulfill this mitzvah of assisting with this animal here is while by Tumas Kayin is da aloisese, onoichanase. A Kayin not to become Tomei is both aloisese and an ase. And the far is move my arts my bepastos as as wet nitche durch ein esse von osef tazivima. It's self understood that we don't push off a lace esse and an esse because of just an esse a mitzvah of helping. So that's not needed. You don't have to have a, this posik here of the chadalta to teach that to me. Bring this nit Rashi. So therefore Rashi doesn't bring this. While Meldafnit on kumin some limud from the miyuter alosh and v'chadalta gaimer. Because that's not what this word, these extra words, v'chadalta marzayvloi, is coming to teach me. That's self-understood because this is a mitzvah saseh and a mitzvah slaysese. And this mitzvah of helping is only one mitzvah saseh. Al derech, this is similar. V'digemare zok, l'gavidem limud from pasik v'salamto. V'digemare explains in what mitzvah regarding what we learn out, what it says by an aveda. Salamta, Pamshatam Salam, that sometimes you may ignore an Aveda as the Mlimbodafn Hobin Nod of Tsumaidzain Zakan Venalovikvaida. That that Pasik only has to teach this to me, this Khidish, only regarding a person that's older and it's below his dignity. We don't need this Pasik to teach me that a Kayan may not enter into a Besakvaris for this purpose. Well Darachzeh, similar the Gemara says, If your work is more valuable than the value of this lost object, you don't have to give up your work and go occupy yourself with running after your friend's lost uh, ox, for example. Right? So the Gemara there makes this point that because we understand this on our own, so we don't need the Pasik Vesalamta to teach it to us. So similar over here, the Chadalta is not needed to teach me that a Kayan may not enter into a Beis Akvaris. That's why Rashi doesn't bring this example here. However, the Rebbe says this can't be the reason. Either way, we cannot accept this as Rashi halt, as the Ptura from Beide Fallen, that this, the two cases that Rashi mentions here, where your Potter, where you're exempt of this mitzvah, veren upgelernt from Pasuk V'chadalta, that both of them are learned out from this extra word of V'chadalta, on the far, and therefore, he only brings these two cases, and not the case of when the animal is in the cemetery, because that's not learned out from here. So you anyways can't say this. You can't say that both of these cases are being learned out specifically here from the extra word V'chadalta. Why not? Well, if he says, because if so, the question becomes... The question will be not only why does Rashi bring this example of a zokin that it's below his dignity, that the mechilta doesn't quote her, nor The question now would become even stronger. How is it possible to learn out from the chadalta marzevloi? So you have only one extra thing that the Pasuk is saying is. So how could I learn out two separate halachas from, and two separate hatayrim from one, one extra limud that I have here in the Pasuk? And the Rebbe specifies what are the two separate, unrelated hatayrim that we're learning here. And the Rebbe is explaining, you shouldn't think that these two examples Rashi brings are really one hatayrim, it's just two examples. It's not just two examples, it's two completely different hatayrim. Because Aleph, number one, what's the point of the heter? About an older person and below his dignity. As the chiyo from prike, this obligation to unload, to unload this load from the animal that's lying, is it does not push off human dignity. That's the first point. Based not as a second unrelated point, that if it's an animal that belongs to a guy, you may refrain from helping. So from here we learn, as chiyo prike, this obligation to unload the animal is nit verbunden mit 
It's not related. It's not because of the pain that the donkey, that the animal is experiencing. It's not because of Tzar Balachayim. If it would be Tzar Balachayim, then it would make no difference who is the owner of this animal, a Yid or a guy. So basically, we see that there's two completely different Tetayim that we're learning out of here from this word V'chadalta. How could it be that you learn out these two Tetayim? The answer is we don't learn out both Tetayim from here. And nevertheless, the Muslim Zogin, we must say, Aschaj the limud from V'chadalta is nita makaraptur of Beidufalen. This word V'chadalta is not the source that you would be exempt in both of these cases. Nevertheless, Rashi does quote both of these examples. Since they do both go into this rule that there are times that you may refrain from helping, so therefore Rashi mentions both of these examples. So the point is, we clearly see that Rashi is not only mentioning examples that are actually learned from the Pasek V'chadalta. He's mentioning examples where the Halacha is V'chadalta. If so, our original question comes back. So why doesn't Rashi bring the case that the Mechilta says, right here on this Pasik, a situation where the animals in the cemetery and the Kayin may not enter, even if you can't learn it, or you don't have to learn it from this Pasik V'chadalta, but it is a situation where the halacha is v'chadalta, and Rashi quotes two examples that are v'chadalta, so why doesn't he quote this example that the Mechilta brings right over here? Okay, so the Rebbe will begin answering this question. There's different stages here in the answer, but the Rebbe will start first explaining why Rashi brings these uh, examples here all together. Okay, so... We, we, the Rebbe over here quoted that you have this idea that sometimes you may refrain, v'chadalta, and then, yeah, and the Rebbe quoted before the Pasik where it says, by the Aveda v'hisalanta, you may sometimes ignore. There's a difference between what Rashi says here and what Rashi says there. Let's see. What we really have to explain here is, why does Rashi at all spell out these examples? The question specifically comes up as the pasik vehis alamta. When the Torah says regarding a lost object vehis alamta, and you you would you would ignore this aveda. Zok Rashi. So there, Rashi is similar to what he says here. Says there as well. That sometimes you may ignore an aveda. And there though, Rashi does not spell out when is this? When is this sometimes that you may ignore the Aveda? No, mit Rashi is just satisfied with adding v'chulu, that, that there are sometimes, and he doesn't bring you what it says in the Gemara or in other places about this. But here though, for some reason, Rashi finds it necessary to spell out when it is that v'chadalta, that you may refrain from helping. It would be very difficult to say, as Bidvarim Pashas Teitse, that in the Chumash of Dvarim, in Pashas Kiseitse, is a Nit Mefarad, Rashi doesn't spell out the examples of Fav, or Sephalostich, of them, or Sebrengtse, or Yvachadalta, but Pashas Seinu, Chumash Mais. He was relying, he already brought the examples earlier here in, in, in Pashas Shemais. You can't say that. It's a very big Deichik that Rashi relies from such a far place, from, from Chumash Shemais to Chumash Dvarim. And more specifically, the question is, Here we're talking about the obligation to unload a donkey. And there there's a mitzvah to return a lost object. Not necessarily are they the same. So you can't say that he relies on the examples brought here. And based on another point, the second example Rashi brings here, when it's an animal of a guy and the load of a yid, this doesn't at all fit when it comes to the mitzvah of Ashavasavedah, doesn't matter who the donkey belongs to, if there's a load of a yid that's lost by Ashavasavedah, the Ashavasavedah still applies. So Rashi can't be relying there on the examples that he brings here. So the fact that only here Rashi specifies these two examples, so we must say, as we bowed in Yonishal Pirish Rashi Alatayra. The whole point of Rashi in his Pirish on Chumash is nor Beloyus and Mefarish Zayin Dixuvim. He's just coming to explain the meaning of the Psukim. Rashi is not coming to spell out details of the halachas that we can learn from the Pasik. The Far brengt der Dort nor dem tail from Drashus Chazal. So there Rashi only brings 
the part that, that, that's necessary for understanding the Pasik. The meaning of the Pasik when it says is indicating that sometimes you may ignore an Aveda. So according to this we understand, Here Rashi does spell out the examples of when there is a time that you may refrain. Is the fun gufe gedrungen? So this itself proves as da is a pirit negeya umaisiv and avonis pshata kasef and vachadalta. That here spelling out these examples is relevant and understanding the simple pasuk of when it says vachadalta that you are refraining from the uh, the mitzvah. So what's the pshat in this? Why over here is it relevant to spell out these two examples? Unlike by v'salamta by ashavas aveda where Rashi does not spell it out. Okay, so the Rebbe will focus over here on explaining this point here. These two examples that Rashi explains here. The beer so the explanation over here is as follows. The Ikishverekait in the Pirish Apashat from Kisiregaime, the Chadalta Gaimer is the main difficulty that Rashi really has over here when you look in the Pasik. When it says Kisire, Vachadalta, you you may see, perhaps you will see, and Vachadalta, you will refrain. Is, is as follows. So here the Rebbe brings in the parentheses what, could, what is the difficulty, but that's not the main sh- difficulty, but the Rebbe does bring an, a point here in the parentheses. Let's see. The difficulty over here is not only in the words of the Pasek. When you, when you read the simple understanding of the Pasek, as Rashi himself says, what does Vachadalta Mazoivloi mean? You have to read it as a wonder. The Torah is saying, would you refrain from helping? Then what it comes out is as follows, as Rashi himself says, as the as the dervart ki when it says in the beginning of the pasuk ki sira chamor sinacha, versus mishamish beloshin dilma. So over here the word ki means perhaps, but tzitzich is related nitzu diverte sira chamor sinacha rovitz tachas masoi not to this that you see the donkey of your enemy lying beneath its load, was kun gleich nochem vodki, which follows immediately after the word ki, nor ersh to divide the geverte v'chadalta, but rather the word ki is related to the later words in the Pasuk when it says v'chadalta. That's how Rashi explains the Pasuk. Right? When the Pasuk says, v'chadalta ma'azoivloi, which means as a wonder, will you, will you refrain from helping? So how do, how do we understand these words in the Pasuk here as a wonder? Because that's how the Pasuk begins. Ki, perhaps. Perhaps you're going to think to yourself to refrain from helping. So the word ki in the beginning, it doesn't mean perhaps you will see a donkey. You will see a donkey. But why is it using the term perhaps? The perhaps refers to the thought that you're going to have. Perhaps you'll have a thought not to help. So there's a deichik there's a here in the Pasuk. There's a difficulty here. The term ki, that it, perhaps this will happen, does not refer to the sirach hamar sanach harevitz tachas masai. Rather, it refers to the v'chadal tamazayvloi. Perhaps you'll refrain from helping. So that, that in itself is a difficulty in the Pasuk. Nor, but the Rebbe continues, rather the ikishverekait is in teichen. The, the main difficulty here in the Pasuk is with the content of the Pasuk itself. When the Pasuk here comes and says, These words. They're tambe pastures, because now the simple reason why the Torah is saying, That you would refrain from helping, is That's because the Pasuk here speaks about that you encounter a donkey of your enemy. Right, so therefore the Pasuk comes and tells you, even though this is your enemy, and you're not interested in helping him, but nevertheless, do not have this thought to refrain of helping him. That's simply why the Pasuk has to why the Pasuk has to warn you and say, But if so, the question becomes, Very similar, the Pasuk says, right before this, when it says, You'll encounter an ox of your enemy, which is strange, which is going away, which is getting lost. And there, the same kind of situation, it doesn't warn you that don't ignore this axe of your enemy that's getting lost. So why? So the wonder, the question becomes, either way, it's difficult to understand what's the difference between a case of an Aveda by the Shire that's getting lost of your enemy and the case of Prike to unload the, the, your, the donkey of your enemy. If it's necessary to warn the person regarding his enemy, 
The Pasuk should have said this the first time, previous Pasuk, where it talks about an Aveda. And if it does not have to be spelled out there that it's an enemy and still you should do the mitzvah to return his item. And the Rebbe explains, because why would the Torah have to tell this to you? When it comes to any other mitzvah, the Torah never comes and specifies and says, and if you may think to yourself not to listen to the mitzvah, no, you must go ahead and listen. That's in essence what it would be saying here. Even though this is an enemy, and you may have an urge to ignore a, a bad situation, that your enemy is in a situation of difficulty, don't ignore this. The Torah doesn't have to bother on that. So why here, when this comes up a second time regarding unloading the donkey of your enemy, why here does the Torah bavaron and say, you may think not to help your enemy, go ahead and help him. That's really the difficulty over here in the Psukim that Rashi is addressing. So it's not only, as the Rebbe brought before this Salamta that it says in Parshus Kiseitse, but right over here in the Psukim, it talks about an Aveda, and then it talks about the mitzvah of prike, to unload. And by the Aveda, the Torah does not mention anything about doing it, and even though it's your enemy. And over here, the Torah does. It does say v'chadalta. Why is that so? The phone nemter Rashi So therefore, from this Rashi, it takes out and understands. As the v'chadalta goyme kumt lernen adin, v'sashayich blois on the posik. The v'chadalta is actually coming to teach me a halacha that's relevant only for this posik. In other words, not like we thought before that the Vachadalta that's written here is because it's Sainacha, because it's your enemy. And therefore the Tairas, the Bavara, nevertheless do not have a thought not to help him. Because then it should have said it before. Or, as the Rebbe explained, it's really my Kamashmalan. The Tairas doesn't have to tell you that even though it's your enemy, still go ahead and do the mitzvah. So rather, therefore, Rashi comes and explains that the Vachadalta, the Pshat is, that these words are teaching me a new din that's only relevant in this Pasik. So therefore Rashi can't just simply say that the Medrash says that sometimes you refrain from helping and stop right there. Similar to what he does by the Pasuk V'Hisalamta that he just translates that V'Hisalamta means sometimes you may ignore and stops there. Rashi has to spell out and tell you when it is the Torah is telling you that you can refrain from helping was that Svet Tefal, the second case that Rashi spells out, when the behemoth of a guy and the lotus of a Yid is Shaykh, not an Unza Pasik. That's an example that is relevant only here in this Pasik. That's not a din that the Torah would have to tell you earlier by Ashavas Aveda. Regarding Ashavas Aveda, the canal is mentioned before because there, even in such a case, you still have to return the load, the package to the Yid. So therefore, the Chadalta that's teaching me regarding a case of Behemas Nochri Masoy Shal Yisrael is written Dafke in this Pasik. So again, as far as Sainacha is concerned, the Pasik does not have to bavarin that you should help your enemy, not on this Pasik and not on the previous Pasik. But over here, the Vachadalta is teaching me a specific new din in this Pasik in a case of Behemas Nochri, that you don't have to help, that you can refrain. That's why Rashi has to spell out the example to make clear that this applies only in this Pasik, not in the previous Pasik. However, with this explanation, it still remains difficult to understand. Kanal Sifalef, as already focused on and mentioned, Darichis and Sifalef, Favos bringt Rashi oich zakim venelfichvoide. Why is then Rashi bringing this example of an older person and it's below his dignity to help? This is an example that's not needed. And doesn't add, and, and, and we already understand why the Torah wrote V'chadalta only in this Pasik and doesn't spell out anything in the previous Pasik. So this example still needs to ex- be explained. Why does Rashi bring it? And as Rebbe pointed out before, this is an example that the Mechilta itself doesn't even bring here. Okay, so therefore the Rebbe will bring here another explanation, which will give us another point to understanding what's unique over here in this Pasik. So the explanation here is with bringing the medrashai, with bringing the medrash on this pasuk, how we understand the words So when you learn the simple pshat of the Rashi, it would seem like that there's a simple pshat. has to be read as a wonder. Would you refrain from helping? And then Rashi brings the medrash, which is re- that you read it simply that you may refrain from helping sometimes. But the Rebbe here says, when Rashi brings the Medrash, is Rashi nit oisin The point of Rashi is not to say 
Atzveitin Pirish in Pasik, that this is a different and a, and a new Pshat in the Pasik, not like the Pshat. Not as das is Behemshech zum Ashton Pirish. He's bringing you the Medrish that you have to understand this Medrish as a continuation and together with the simple Pshat. The Drash is Mashlim for Enfret Azaiti Geschwerkeit in the Pshat. The Medrish will come and complete or answer a certain side question that comes up according to the Pshat of the Pasik. In other words, even after Rashi brings the Medrish, we're not learning the Pshad of the Pasik only according to the Medrish. The Medrish is here to complement the simple Pshad of the Pasik. When Al Pizeh, Sarab explains now the exact words Rashi chooses here when he quotes the Medrish, Why Rashi quotes this Medrish with such a long introduction? In the Medrish, this is how our Rebbes have expounded this Pasik. Why does Rashi say, Kach Darshu Rabbiseinu? Zoknit bekitzevi in Roy Verte, Rashi does not say, as he usually does, simply says, Madrashai, here, this is the Medrash. What's Rashi saying with this? The meat is Rashi Madgesh. What Rashi is emphasizing is, as the Pirish from Medrash Farzich, that the Pshar of the Medrash for itself is Rachik from Shutash Mikra. Is Nitkin Drasha Kar of the Pshat. It's far from the simple Pshat of the Pasik. It doesn't fit into the simple Pshat of, of the Pasik itself. So, it's a separate Indian, it's a different way of learning Taita, which is only according to Drash. In the Medrash, this is how they learn this Pasik. But it remains a Drash. It does not fit with the Pashta Pshat of the Pasik at all. Rashi is not bringing this as a separate and second Pshat independently that could be learned into the Pshat of the Pasik, because it's not Pshat, not related to Pshat. Man is non metzarev. Their medrasha itzum pshat akasav. We're combining. We're using it to complement the simple pshat of the pasuk. Thus, heist as mitch vechadalta meant the pasuk oich to meramezayim pam shat achidol. By the Torah writing vechadalta, so there is a simple pshat that vechadalta is read as a wonder. But by writing it in this way, the Torah is also indicating or hinting to pam shat achidol that there are times that you may refrain. So it goes along with the fact that the Torah writes it in this term, it hints that you also should understand this idea of Pam Shatachaydal. Or Besignan Acher, Rabbi continues in, in other words, when Rashi brings the Medrash, and the Medrash says that sometimes you may refrain, so this will answer the question, which is not here on the simple understanding of this Pasuk, because the simple understanding of this Pasuk is clear. The Pasuk is saying that perhaps this may enter your mind that you would not want to help. No, rather, the, the Shaila that we're coming to answer is, Why is it only here that the Teire has to warn you and tell you that you may see the situation and you'll think not to help? And the Teire does not pavon on this in the previous Pasuk when it speaks about an Aveda, that you may want to ignore it. And the reason is, and here Rashi brings, since we have a Medrash that tells us, that this is a mitzvah that sometimes you may refrain. If so, can a man So here the person can have a mistake, or there's a hat design, or rather a person may give himself a hetter, he may just be permissive about this. As Oich in Zainfal, even in his situation, is nit He's going to think to himself, even in my situation, which is not included in those cases that Chazal say that we learn from here, that you may refrain from helping, but this may cause a person to bechlal, make a mistake, or be made a hetter, that he does not have to help. Kiddle, come on, as the Rebbe will explain in the next sif. The Rebbe is da, the Apostolic Shailal, das mitzagen v'chadalta goyme bitmiye. So the Torah says, going back to the simple pshat, and the Torah is bavarning and telling you, v'chadalta, would you think to not help? You should go ahead and help. So by bringing the medrash that says that there is a hetta sometimes not to help, that explains why a person may have more of a permissiveness in his mind. He may be thinking mistakenly that oh, this mitzvah is not uh, so important. There are some times that I don't have to help. That's the reason. That explains now the simple pshat of the Pasuk why it's saying this would you think not to help? So that a person shouldn't come to make such comparisons and such mistakes. And this mistake applies only in this Pasuk, as the Rebbe will explain. So what is, what is the... That Asher here brings two examples for this, for us to understand why a person would be thinking in this way, that he'll look at the entire mitzvah as a mitzvah that's not so important. 
So, in order to understand why should we be concerned? As the Pa'amim von Atachaydel, then an old Sugaydim Zain, the Kesalkadaita Chanal, how it's possible that this, that sometimes you may refrain from helping, could cause a person to make this mistake, that even in other situations he may say to himself that he does not have to help. So Rashi has to spell out what exactly are those cases where a person does not have to help. And that will help us understand why a person would not try to broaden that and make that mistake in other situations. Aleph, so the first example is an older individual and it's below his dignity. What we understand here is that this mitzvah of unloading we're pushing this off just because of human dignity. In other words, it's something you could do. There's no issue physically to do this, but it's just because of your dignity that we're pushing off this mitzvah. Most definitely the mitzvah should be pushed off if there's a weakness and the person doesn't have the ability or he has difficulty in fulfilling this mitzvah. So that's the first point Rashi brings. So this itself shows you how a person could now make a mistake based on this and say, oh, this is below my dignity, I can't do it, it's not for me, and so on. Beis, the second point Rashi brings, the behem of a guy and the lotus of a yid. So the fun zetna, we see from this, as misdonet oisun sofamaiden dem tzafun the behem. That here, the point of this mitzvah is not to avoid the pain that the animal is involved in. So this is another thing that could bring a person to thinking to himself, the mitzvah is not about the tzar balachayim. So the fact that the animal is suffering is not something that I have to run and be careful with. So these two points show how a person could become permissive with this type of mitzvah. You could be meira hetta, to use the term that Abba uses before, because you see over here that the mitzvah seems to be not so important. And this is, this is the reason why Rashi tells you this expression, that sometimes yeah, you could refrain, and sometimes you have to help. What we understand from Rashi is that the Pshat here is not as Bechlal, as in Reifalin, that usually in most cases is that that you do have to help. On the Heta from Vachadalta, this Heta that you may not have to help, it's only an exception. Now rather, Rashi is coming to say it's not considered to be an exception. This obligation of unloading this donkey is right from the outset. This is a type of mitzvah which is very limited and very, very specific. Sometimes you can refrain and sometimes you have to help. Which means the chaydel on the oizer refraining and helping then it it's as if it's it's equally sometimes yes sometimes not as we see we're pushing off this mitzvah for human dignity and we're also saying that the, the suffering of the animal itself is not a cause to, to go ahead and help so it comes out Rashi wants you to understand that these are not just exceptions but this is actually a mitzvah that sometimes you have to fulfill and sometimes you don't have to fulfill if that's the nature of this mitzvah, so it's understood, as a mensch can sich derbei leicht meirehette sein, nitzu mekayim zendem tzivli. So therefore it's very easy for a person to be permissive with himself and to say that this is a kind of mitzvah that I'm not obligated to do. Because this is, this is a unique mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that sometimes you do and sometimes you don't have to do. So therefore the Torah has to very clearly negate such a perspective and it says going back to the simple pshat now this is all complementing and explaining us a simple pshat and the Torah has to would you hold back from helping when the mitzvah applies don't be meirahete and you have to go ahead and help based on this we understand the two examples Rashi brings why Rashi first brings the example of Zokin Venelu Fichvaidai before he brings the example of the behemoth that belongs to Anachri. Possess Fashtandik of Rashi is Magdim dem Fal from Zokin Venelu Fichvaidai, it's some Fal from Behemoth Nachri. Why that example comes first before the example of the behemoth of the Nachri, even though in the Mechilt it's the opposite. But the Iker Gaidim, so Einreden Zich. What's the main cause for a person to convince himself, as the Hete is guilty, Eichen Zain Fal, that this Hete is relevant also in his situation, that comes from the case of The moment you say that human dignity is a reason not to have to do this mitzvah, so it's very easy for a person to say, it's beneath my dignity. 
I, 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 it's not, not lefim my cover to do this mitzvah. That's the main reason why we're concerned that a person might not want to go ahead and do the mitzvah. But the second point, that the behem of a guy, you don't have to help because there's no issue of tzar balachayim, menatayra at least, is a tofel tam v'siyua. That's just a second and side point as the chiyuv b'chlal is only zayin chomer which could cause a person that the whole chiyuv in general will not be so stringent in his eyes because it's a matter of helping the, my friend, the person with his load and his donkey, but it's not a matter of the actual suffering of the donkey. So therefore, in general, the mitzvah may become less important in his eyes. But in this point of, of uh, Behemas Nachri, you don't have a specific hete that a person will apply to himself, saying that it's below my dignity. The main cause of the hete will come the person to say, oh, it's below my dignity. So therefore Rashi brings that point first. Oh, now getting back to one of the main questions that the Rebbe asked, why does Rashi not quote the example that the Mechilte brings here on this Pasik? The example of Kayim Beves HaKvaris. So now we understand, Rashi is not simply looking for examples when you may refrain. Rashi is looking for examples that will explain why this could cause a person to be made a heter b'chlal regarding the mitzvah. So on says, Oich fa'enfet b'pashter. So this simply answers, Pavos Rashi brengtnit dem fal von Hoye Ben HaKvaris. Why Rashi doesn't bring the example when the animal is in a cemetery and you're a Kayim? From then file, it's from that situation, a person would not learn out any general leniency in this mitzvah of unloading the donkey. Vile, because number one, this is a very seldom thing that could happen. As a behemoth, an animal with a load strays into is found somewhere in a cemetery. On their gefinner is a kain, and and the person that discovers this and sees this situation is happens to be a kain. So this is a very very seldom situation. So therefore, we're not concerned that this would cause a heter that a person would be made a heter. And Bayes, veiker another more important point here is that tama petor is fabunin mit chaymer from Thomas kain. The reason why we're there, this kain is potter from helping this animal is not because. This shows anything about the mitzvah of unloading this animal being a lighter mitzvah. Over there it's because of how stringent a kayan has to be careful with his level of kedusha not to become tummy. We don't see any leniency about this mitzvah of unloading the donkey. So therefore, from this exception, Rashi couldn't bring and make the point that a person maybe might have had to himself or make a mistake and not want to fulfill the mitzvah. So therefore, Rashi Dafke brings the examples of Zakan Venel of and it's very easy for a person to say that it's not in my, it's below my dignity. And the example of Behemas Nachri, which makes the point that we're not concerned about the suffering of the animal, and therefore a person might be made ahead to himself. That's the main point here that the Rebbe is saying that, that Rashi is saying here. That Rashi is not stop bringing these examples, but Rashi is bringing these examples to explain the posh the pshat of the pasik. Why does the Pasik have to bavar and dafke here? It's because here in this mitzvah, these two examples where there's a hat that shows that it's very easy for a person to be made a hat in this mitzvah. So therefore, the Pasik has to say, Would you refrain from this mitzvah? Now the Rebbe comes back to explain why this bavarinish is dafke over here in this Pasik and not in the previous Pasik by the mitzvah of Ashavas Aveda. So this gives us an additional explanation. Why it says specifically in our Pasik, Why it does not say this in the earlier Pasik when it speaks about Ashavas Aveda? So before the Rebbe explained that we understand when we are using the example of Behemas Nochri, so that Bavaranish is only Shaykh in our Pasik and not in the previous Pasik of Ashavas Aveda. But seemingly the example of Kayim Venel of or sorry, Zakim Venel of that doesn't explain why this is not Shaykh in the previous Pasik. When it comes to Ashavas Aveide, the same Allah applies. Pamim Shatim Misalim. Kanal, as we quoted before, sometimes you may ignore the Aveide. So why in the previous Pasik, since you have a similar concept, that sometimes you may ignore the Aveda, why would the Pasik near there, not after Bavare, that nevertheless the mitzvah shouldn't become light in your eyes, and you should always be, be sure to do the mitzvah. So the reason is, by Ashavas Aveda, Pasnit Suzogin, as mitzvah did Falim, then Atemis Alim, 
We can't say that the situations where a person may ignore the, the mitzvah of Ashavas Aveda, that men upland and ahiroas hetter of mekel zayin and klolis mitzuzu. You can't say that this will bring a person to always say to himself to to be permissive about this and to be mekel to be lenient and not and klolis mitzuzu to not to do the mitzvah. While Ashavas Aveda al derech aroiv is not forbidden with kengreisa tirchacholu because Ashavas Aveda in most situations is not connected with the, with the very strenuous activity to find an Aveda and return it to its owner is not such a strenuous activity and therefore over there it's not necessary to bavodin that a person may be made a not to fulfill that mitzvah. The pasuk da redvegin kisivka shoyach chamayretoye. Specifically, the passage before, when it speaks about a Shabbos Aved, speaking about a person's ox or a donkey that may be straying and getting lost, the animal is walking and it's going and it carries itself and it's not something that you have to schlep with your own hands. And even when you look at what it says in Parshish Kiseitse in Dvarim, it speaks about a garment of your friend that may have gotten lost. Was Bazeyale is the Ashava is the Ashava Returning this lost item does not involve very strenuous activity. So therefore, the fact that you may sometimes not return it is not a cause for a person to start thinking to himself, Oi, this mitzvah is too much of a schlep for me, it's too difficult for me, it's such a strenuous mitzvah, I'm not gonna do this. Because it's a mitzvah that doesn't demand this type of strenuous activity. Okay, the Rebbe has another pshat and ta'ara about this, even regarding a situation where you could say that there is a tirche regarding a shavu saved, you could take a look in Ara 24. But over here, it's not so when it comes in this pasik by prike, this mitzvah of unloading this donkey with this heavy load, is thus an arbet, was this tamit verbunden mit This is a mitzvah, it's work which is always going to involve a, a strenuous activity to unload the package and to, and to lift up the animal. So therefore, it's only here where it's a mitzvah that takes such a tirche. So if we see that if it's a person that's below his dignity, is potter, so this will bring a kule and the mitzvah in general that a person will be permissive about this and not want to do the mitzvah. So when we understand what the reason is that the Torah has to bavaran over here in this pasuk? Why a person may come to think not to do the mitzvah? It's tafke this idea that a person will be sp- uh, permissive in this mitzvah because this is a difficult mitzvah. And the previous pasuk, though, the fact that sometimes you have to do it, the fact that sometimes you don't have to do mitzvah that alone is not enough of a reason that we're going to be concerned that a person will be meiraheter. Because it's a mitzvah that doesn't take this type of a tircha. So this is an additional explanation why the Pasik bavarins is dafki here and not in the previous Pasik. In Pirish Rashi, Zerendach, Merumiz, Nefloi, Shebetayre. In Rashi, besides the simple pshat that Rashi explains, the Pasik here, there's also wonders in Tayre that we can take out from Rashi. This is the expression that Shashallah Kaddish says. Now, P. Then Pirish Abal Shemtiv. There's the famous Pshat that the Bal Shemtiv says of them Pasik on this Pasik here. As Chamayir is Merames of him Guf Chaymeshalcha. The Chamayir here, the donkey, hints to the person's body, your physical existence. On Azev Tazev Yimayt, when the Pasik says, "Help him along," main what it means is as Mentarnet Falazen Umbrechen Dem Guf. You may not forsake and break your body during tiny years with Sigufim by fasting or any other way of causing suffering to your body. You must refine and elevate and bring your body, include him in coming to serve Hashem. That's the word of the Hashem Tov. Now, so one may say, as the far brings Rashi Dafke. Based on this word of the Hashem Tov, we can understand why Rashi brings specifically these two examples that sometimes you may refrain of helping out this donkey or your body. Really, one is zokin ve'alav zokin ve'nelufichvaydai. The person where he's older and it's below his dignity. And Beis, Behemoth, Nachrim, Masoy, Yisrael. When the Behemoth belongs to a guy and only the load belongs to a Yid. What is the significance of these two examples? Val, there's an Meramez of the Tzvei this hints to the two situations, Vazvaring Ebracht and Alten Rebbe Shulchanorach, which are actually also quoted in Alten Rebbe Shulchanorach, then Memegiyah fasten. When it is allowed for a person to fast. Aleph is tiny as Shulchuva. One is, a situation where a person is fasting because he has to do tshuva for Avedis. And then there is a hetta for a person to fast, even though the Balshemtiv says one may not or should not fast, but in the case of tshuva he may. And Bay, there's another case the Alter Rebbe mentions there, 
When a person is fasting in order to cleanse his soul, to become completely cleansed, to be able to come and stand in front of Hashem, then a person may fast as well. Those are the two exceptions the Alter Rebbe gives. Via Shloima, the Rebbe adds, this is the Alter Rebbe says it's in Shulchan Aruch, but we could also say, It's also fitting with the two examples of fasting that the Alter Rebbe brings in Yigeres HaTshuva. So one is Saif Perik Aleph, at the end of the first Perik of Geras HaTshuva, the Alter Rebbe there talks about the Psukim that speak about fasting, and the Alter Rebbe there mentions in the end that this fasting is not critical to the Tshuva itself. Fasting is not what Tshuva is about, but the fasting is to, to, for the Gemar of the Kapara. So that's one idea of fasting, which is the tiniest of Tshuva. And, and two, Reish Perik Sheni. In the beginning of the second Perik of Yigeres HaTshuva, the Alter Rebbe says, even after your Tshuva is 100%, Bishleim is complete, but nevertheless, to be able to come in front of Hashem the way you were before, to stand in front of Hashem, you have to cleanse your soul. There's still an idea of fasting. That's in the beginning of the second Perik of Tanya. So corresponding to the two Efano that are brought in Shulchan Aruch. So now how does this fit into the two examples that Rashi brings? Tiny is Shal so fasting for tshuva is when a person is fasting in relation with an Aveda. Whether he's, it's completing his tshuva or it's part of the tshuva, it's part of the process of the tshuva itself. Chatoim, it's related to Avedas. So this is hinted that Oifen is Rashi Meram is in the Mfal from Behemas Nachrim Asol This hints, is hinted in the case when the Behema belongs to a guy and the load is of a Yid. Which means as follows: When a yid zindikt, when a yid sins, chas v'shalom, God forbid, verts and guf v'nefesh abahamis upkirisam from kedusha, his body and his animal soul become torn away and separated from holiness. Only fisha temporarily gains the aribet tachas memshelas haklipe. He now is under the dominion of klipe. Sever behemtoi shel nochri. It's a behema of a yid, but now the behema belongs to a guy. It temporarily is in the possession of a guy. However, even in such a situation where the nefesh of Bahamas, the guf of the yid, is now belonging to a guy, but nevertheless, this yid, even at this time, is full of mitzvahs, as the Gemara says, full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. And therefore, a masa from mitzvahs, Yisrael, he still carries a load of many mitzvahs as, as a yid. These are the mitzvahs of a yid. That's the hint in this case of Bahamas Nachri, Umasoy, Shal Yisrael. As the of an Ayidin, and even more so, the Nishama of the Yid is Gam Even while he's sinning, the Nishama itself remains faithful to Hashem. remains totally complete with Hashem. So this is the first example Rashi brings, where there's a hat of the Chadalta, that a person may uh, refrain of paying attention to his body, which means he may fast for the purpose of Tshuva, as, which is hinted in the case where a person did Avedis, Behemis Nochri. And then they have another example, the tiniest lamatic nafshel Hashem. When a person is fasting in order to cleanse his soul to come and stand in front of Hashem. This is after a person already completed this tshuva. The Alter Rebbe's expression, the beginning of the second Perik of Yigeres HaTshuva. Or a person that from the outset does not have a situation of Avedis, He's not, never, he did not sin at all. He wants to cleanse his soul to come closer to stand in front of Hashem. To be accepted in front of Hashem even to a higher degree. And when a person is focusing and fasting for this reason, this could actually come as a result on the completely opposite end of the spectrum. Not as a result of a person falling and sinning, but actually in the total opposite, which means as follows. When a person is involved in very spiritual and refined matters, he's on a very high level. And therefore, he's not so busy and he's not so focused on his body and what it, it, to elevate and include in his body in serving Hashem. He's serving Hashem on a higher level with his neshama. It's possible that the body itself, which he's not focusing on, remains 
course and uh, to some degree was piled and the fact that he never refined, never focused on elevating and refining the body, that itself could also cause that his soul should not be completely dedicated to the Abishta without having any influence of that body which he has never yet elevated. Right? So this is a subtle level of of uh, gasos, a subtle level of grobkite, of coarseness, that his body is causing a disturbance or a, 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 uh, some kind of an effect on his avedah with his neshama. Again, the point of here is, you see, he's so focused on his ruchnius and the guf, he doesn't attend to at all. So that guf may bring in a certain grobkite. The far darfer hobin tiniest for zeitun oiv amiruk vizichuch haguv an nefesh. And therefore, this individual will then tend to his body and want to elevate and refine his body. How? By fasting. Fasting will, will refine his body. This is what Rashi is hinting in the second example. Or Rashi, I believe, brings this first, right? This example of regarding this case. We're referring to the fast of a person that's an elder, which means a person that has acquired wisdom. That's what Zakan refers to, as Chazal tell us. The far is by him the askos in bitter vizichuch gufoy chamayir an inyan from enlu fichvaydei. So therefore, for him to deal with his physical body, to refine it and to elevate it, that's below his dignity. Meaning, says ayirid legabes and covid umalas ayaruchnes. For him, it would be coming down to the level of his body, since he is busy serving Hashem with his neshama on a much higher level. On the tiniest lamadik nafshay. So then, when he fasts in order to cleanse his soul, what does this mean? This is coming to fill in, to refine and elevate his body, which he has missed out on, which is he's lacking this aspect of Avedis Hashem, that his body still remains as is to some extent and has not been refined. So therefore, he's fasting. That's this example of Zakim Ve'enilavichloide that may want to fast for this purpose. Those are the two examples that Rashi brings, which are the exception of the rule of what the Baal says, that a person should not fast and should not break his body. He says, move on. Now, based on this, we could also understand, according to this Pshat of the Baal Rashi Why Rashi doesn't bring this example of the animal being in the cemetery and there's a coin that can't enter to help? Vile, so the reason here is as follows. How would we understand this example that the Mechilta says on a Ruchniz de Galav, on the Ruchniz de Galavayid of a Yid, that you have the Chamoir, which hints to the body of a Yid, he's in the cemetery. Similar as we explained before, the Behem of a Nachri Yisrael, as this applies, Beruchnius. So over here, this case of Kaim Veves Akvaris would be similar, but actually much more extreme, as the Rebbe will explain. The Behema is Ben Akvaris, saying that the animal is in a cemetery. What does this mean regarding the, the life of a Yid, the Aved of a Yid, Durach Hatayim, that through his Avedis is their Guf and Nevesha Bahamis Yaded in Makim Amisav That drags down the person's body and his Nevesha Bahamis to a place of death and impurity. That's what the Beis Akvaris represents. But the Nisham of an Ayidin is in the Bechina from Bas Kayin. But the Nisham of Ayid, as it's referred to in the Zayar, the Nisham of Ayid is a Kayin or a Bas Kayin. It remains that pure holy Kayin, which is Mechutz, Ulamaila from Makkam Amisiva Tumah, which remains outside and above a place of death and impurity. Because even while the person, his Guf and Ev Shabamis are going down into an impure place, but the Nisham remains higher and removed from this. That would be the interpretation of this example, Beruchnius. Rashi doesn't want to bring this case, and he specifically brings the example of the Zokim Venel of Yichvaydeh. Vayel in Ruchnius, because when you want to apply this idea, in Ruchnius regarding a Yid, is Nidda the Metzius from Emerson Hoya Bebein Akvaris. You can't really truthfully say that a Yid, that any aspect of a Yid, is really falling down and is found and is there in the Bein Akvaris between, in a cemetery, in a place of death. The truth is even the body of a Yid. Is a metzius nitzchis is an eternal existence by velachas is in the shayach came misa v'hefsed legamri, which death 
and to be completely disintegrated is not possible, right? This is, of course, the source of the concept of Tchiyas HaMesim, and there's always the Etzim Luz, the, the Jewish, the body of a Yid is never, never real Misa possible. Really, ultimately, it's going to be Tchiyas uh, HaMesim, means it's Nitzchiyas. As says, Maisi Yodai Le'ispar, the handwork of Hashem, is Debesha takes pride in this, which is the fact that Debesha creates the body of a Yid. On in him is the Bechiras HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When Debesha chooses Yid as his nation, Debesha chooses the physical body of a Yid. And therefore it could never ever be fall so low and go to a place and that you could say that the Yid is now in a place of death, that he is in a base HaKvaris. So therefore Rashi does not want to bring this example. What, which example does Rashi bring? If a Yid does an Aveda, Rashi brings the example of Behemas Nochri. That the Behemah belongs to a Nochri. What does that mean? It's possible that the Yid will be in the possession of a Nochri. Oh, but this is not a Shini in Rishos. That's just a change of ownership. Who owns this animal? Which means, as Lafi shot temporarily, is there Tachas Rishos, is under the possession of a guy. That doesn't in any way indicate any change in the actual existence of the body itself. Like it is of the case of Bein Akvaris, that the animal is here and is Tome and is part of the Bein Akvaris. Because even then, when a Yid sins, is thus a Yiddish Guf, even the body is considered, is, is a Jewish body. As the etzim aguf and ayidin zol zich beruchnius gefinden mamish in a beis akvaris misaruchnius to say about a yid that the very body itself goes into a place that it is there beis akvaris it becomes part of the beis akvaris itself misaruchnius does kemenet zogen that we can't say about a yid so therefore Rashi does not want to bring this example. Add some pshutish mikra when Rashi wants to explain this pshat that it should be pnimis onyanim that we should understand this Indian that regarding even regarding the gulf of a yid it's not shaykh to say that he's bein akvaris. And as an example for this, from a halacha we can say, see the same thing regarding a yid and even regarding the guf of a yid, as a yid was oich teirizok, as nimke legoi, lenachri. A yid, and the teiriz says that he's sold to a guy, and there's different halachas that you may think regarding this yid that he could act like a guy, which Rashi brings in the end of Parshas Bahar. But nevertheless, his oi is damold gufe is er eina fun li b'nei Yisrael avodim. He remains. One of those that the Pasik says that he is mine. He's, he's his Abish's servant. Avadayim Shtari Kaidan, Abish's document that he chose us to be his servants is before any other situation that develops and happens that a Yid Chasvashalam doesn't evade or sells himself to a guy. That's why Rashi does not bring this example of the the situation of the Bahamid being Baina Kvaris. So this is the explanation, according to Pnimis and Yonim, the two explanations that Rashi says around this Pasek. So we have a simple Pshat of the Pasek. That when the Torah says, This is a wonder. Would you refrain from helping? So that's a simple Pshat. What do we understand from this? Ayid versus Yosha Hoylech. Ayid that's going in a straight path. Vihalikimos Asadim Yosha, the way Abishta creates a person going in a straight path. Undinta Mabish Nalpi Seder at Taira and is serving Hashem according to what Taira demands. Zaktem Posik Vachadaltama Zaivloi, Bitmiya. Would you refrain from helping your gof? As Tonitzain, Kain Inyan Fansi Gofum Vitanius was Brechendam Gof. There may not be any situation where a person may break or fast breaking his gof. Rather, a person should occupy himself and deal with his body and elevate and refine his body, as the Balshemtiv says. Then we have the second shot of Rashi when Rashi says the Medrash. And the Medrash comes and clarifies as, as a, 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 and it's speaking even to such individuals that have sinned and have blemished. They didn't go perfectly in a straight path. And therefore there is a possibility in a situation of tshuva that a person may refrain from eating and to bring suffering to his body. But yet, Tshuva 
True, the Alter Rebbe says that for the purpose of tshuva, one may fast. And Alter Rebbe then Shulchan Aruch says, even for one that can't fast, very difficult for him to fast, he still may fast for the purpose of tshuva. But Zog the Alter Rebbe and Yigeres HaTshuva, but nevertheless, the Alter Rebbe and Yigeres HaTshuva says a very clear instruction, as B'day Desenu Eile, that in our generations, Tarmanit Marbezayin B'tayinius, Afilet Tayinius Shal Tshuva, the one may not fast a lot, even if it's tiniest related to tshuva. Rather, you should redeem your tiniest by giving tzedakah. As the Alter Rebbe describes, there are all the different amounts of tzedakah that one should give. Seemingly, the Rebbe is saying over here that, like before, the Rebbe explained, even when Rashi brings the Medrash, the Medrash never stands alone. This Pamim Shat is not separate. It's just complementing the Pashup Shat. So even after you bring the Medrash, that there is a concept of fasting for Tshuva, but still, this is part of the Pashup Shat, which really is telling the person, Betmir, that you may not fast, you should not fast, or at least not be Marbe Betainius. Only Baalt, as the Chalisha Sadoir, and since. The weakness of the generation is nit mitzah de egine bechire. This is not something which is by choice of our own. This is the way the Ebesha created the nature of the people in this generation. So most definitely, when a person serves the Ebeshter, the way it was shown to us through the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, felt chas v'sholem garnet in dem tikkun hachisarem vos mevold gahat durach tanis v'sigufam. You won't miss out anything of what you would have corrected and been able to elevate through fasting and suffering that you could bring upon your body. The same exact tshuva and level of elevation and connection to Hashem will be even without these tiniest. But the reinu zeh in our generation is gegeben geworden der koyach. The power was granted to kenen misakken zayin in inyanen bulti ritzuyim that we can correct those negative things in our past and an oifen was as nit verbunden mit zarve daige. It doesn't have to be related with any pain, suffering, or even concern and worry. The tshuva and correcting all these things should be specifically with joy and a glad heart.